Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Creative Bird Strategy House. This is Joe Scaris, and we're here live on our podcast, the Creative Bird Strategies podcast, as well as live here on Clubhouse. So I'll get ourselves set up and we'll get started here in the next few minutes. Our discussion this morning, are interest rates impacting the real estate investor? So we'll get some invites in here, get things started. A fantastic week, some nice little announcements that'll be made. Um, get myself, we could we could share the room a little bit to a couple people. So I'm gonna invite some people in so we can get rocking and rolling. Very busy week with clients and uh, real estate agents. It was just a whirlwind week for myself. So we'll get started here and uh, get rocking and rolling. Just a few minutes here. As fast as my thumb could move, I will be inviting people in to get us started. Give me just a few minutes. But I can tell you, you know, we, we I'm calling in from, uh, we're, we're typically at the New Bold Exchange where we're doing the podcast, but we got hit with some serious snow. So I'm working from the world headquarters of my home. So we're set up here. Um, so thankfully, Yardell Perkins of Perkitech was able to uh, get us all set up pretty quickly to provide the uh, podcast from my home. And we're all set up here. Great social media strategist with Perkitech. So please keep him in mind if you have any questions for social media, uh, marketing, et cetera. So let's get things started here. This young lady here. All right. So how are interest rates impacting real estate investors? So we're going to start first off. I always like to start off. One, we have a great event coming up in March in Denver. I put the link up here, the Great Mile High Real Estate Investors Summit. Uh, it's a three-day opportunity to network, collaborate, and strategize with with not just um, real estate investors, but real estate services, you know, real estate power team. And it's, it's more of a national approach. You'll be meeting individuals from all over the country. There's already a strong presence of uh, this group that's there. They have a monthly breakfast at the John Fisher breakfast where they get close to 100 people every once a month, every at 7 a.m. in on a Saturday. So they're very dedicated real estate investors out there. So this is just a true compliment to that event and what Jim and Tim are doing out there. So just want to do a quick shout out for that. But we'd like, we'd like to start out as well. I always like to give some updated news in the mortgage daily news. And I usually go to DS News where I post a lot of this information on my LinkedIn, my Facebook, all my social media buckets. And you're more than welcome to connect with me or follow me to get updates of articles that I typically post on a daily basis. So Mortgage News Daily, Rates closed out around 6.92 um, on Friday. Now, what does this translate to the market? So all this, all this is telling me is, one, we're in a winter market. Two, obviously, homeowner sentiment is at an all-time low. And we'll go over that in a few minutes. But it's telling me the commercial rates are kind of dead even with traditional lending right now or better right now. So right now, I'm quoting rates anywhere between 6.875 and above. And on a 30-year fixed. And I know traditional lenders are either higher because it costs them higher to, to put that money to work, or they're just not even they're not even offering 30-year fixed money. So uh, from a commercial landscape, we're pretty much dead even with with the the banking industry from a asset-based lending perspective for clients and better leverage. Now, in my world uh, of asset-based lending leverage can go up to 80% loan of value as long as the debt service coverage ratio is there of the subject property, the credit score is there for the borrower, 
and the, and the borrower has the proper cash reserves. So right now we're quoting rates anywhere from 6.875 up to 8%, whether you have a five-year prepay, no prepay, three-year prepay, 80% loan of value, 75% loan of value. So it all variates. Like when somebody private messages me and says, hey, give me a rate, it's not as easy to just provide that rate. I need to know a little bit about the asset, a little bit about you. I need to re run the debt service coverage ratio. And again, I offer all this to everybody that ever needs them. I'll give you the worksheets that I use to come up with my numbers in in evaluating and pricing out my deals. So I, I always extend that. I will put my email in the uh, chat room in a few minutes, but I think everybody should obviously take a look at that. Let's go to the article that caught my eye this week so far. Consumer sentiment surges while inflation outlook dips. I'm telling you, there's unless somebody has to go out of their way to buy a home, they're, they're going to rather rent and ride this out, thinking that the market's going to change in two to three years and just rent in a more eat, work, and live environment. Institutional lenders are buying up these office retail properties and converting them to residential living, throwing the gym in there, putting the office workspace, Re, off, um, retail, like a store retail, whether pharmacy or, or produce or grocery. And it's making it a lot easier for um, for an individual to decide, hey, listen, I'm, I'm probably not going to buy right now. Because right now the average, the average mortgage payment, principal interest tax and insurance nationwide is $2,500, where rent is $1,800. And rent is now leveling. It's not moving up. You know, so again, gasoline prices and solid stock market and the, the, the stock market are still indicators that really consumers are not coming off the sidelines to buying homes. What does this say for the real estate investor? This is a unique opportunity to identify some great opportunities for yourself that the homeowner doesn't want to go after. I'm talking class B, B plus market where you could buy a home, a regular standard home and in a class B neighborhood and rent it to the individual that just is going to stay to the, the, the sidelines right now for now. My next article that caught my eye on Mortgage News Daily, December home sales slumped to close out to the worst year since 1995. What is this saying for the industry itself? I mean, you're starting to see people getting out of the industry. You're seeing announcements where people are moving to other, other different types of jobs outside of lending or real estate. You're going to probably see a massive attrition by 50% in the real estate agency space and lending space over the next uh, over the next uh, six to 12 months. Now, this ties into rates. And I've been talking with some really well-educated um, industry professionals in the space. We all agree that the Fed is no way going to be lowering the rates anytime mid-year, like till like I think personally, and we, a lot of us think personally, you're not going to see a rate shift downward probably till after Labor Day as the presidential run heats up. So I personally think that might be uh, an indicator where I, I think you might see some uh, a late year move on home buying when rates drop after Labor Day. I think fourth quarter is going to be a busier busier year time this, next this year than this past year. Uh, December home sales were 6.2% lower than in the same month a year earlier. Inventory fell 11.5% from November to December, but was up year over year. Full year home sales for 2023 came in at 4.09 million units, the lowest tally since 1995. So we'll go over to uh, 
DS News. Gen Z buyers stand a better chance in the South and Midwest. What we've been telling you about the Midwest and South is that it's a better barrier of entry, not just for the homeowner, but great for the investor. I'm seeing a lot of people going out to Ohio, Oklahoma, Indiana, Mississippi. Um, we're looking at the Carolinas. I'm having a lot of conversations with South Carolina right now because the, the barrier of entry and the cost of living is just better. Crime stats are better. And you can live below your means. So the Gen Z movement, which is your bigger movement, is going to be something that you might want to keep an eye out, especially in your market. So let's get into our discussion this morning. You know, how to invest and, and how are real estate investors looking at interest rates now? A rising interest rates uh, hit an opportunity for savvy real estate investors in a financial landscape where rising interest can tr rates can trigger unease. It's vital to grasp that real estate market possesses its own distinct dynamics. How does high interest rates or higher interest rates impact real estate as a whole? More buyers are priced out, demand falls, supply falls, long-term impact depends on the growth of the overall economy. So there's still money out there. See, the difference between 2008 and 2024 right now, there is more money than real estate. In 2008, there was more real estate than money. A lot more real estate was available in 2008. There was just not enough money. Since Wall Street got into the lending business in the asset-based lending space, there is more money than deals. We could close deals all day long as an opportunity for in investors. Now, how does that look for the, the homeowner? Well, your comp competition right now on any given home, I can tell you for a fact, is a real estate investor. Any, any given day. So let's get started here this morning. We'll go. We'll start with ladies first, of course. Miss Prof T, good morning. Teresa Agnostelli, brief overview, who you are, what you do, and thoughts to the discussion. How are interest rates impacting the real estate investor? Good morning, everybody. This is Teresa Agnostelli, otherwise known as Prof T from Philly. Um, thank you for uh, inviting me onto the stage. It's a pleasure to be here, uh, everybody. Uh, I am a corporate speaker, and I work with... Um, companies and organizations to help with um, branding, marketing, and your overall presence on social media and in person because branding is everything and how you brand yourself is going to determine how far you will go. And I also help people use the written word to elevate their brand because you have to know how to speak and you have to know how to brand yourself by the words you choose. I work a lot with real estate agents. Um, my husband is a real estate agent with Keller Williams in Pennsylvania, in New Jersey, and we are private lenders. Joe, I think what I'm seeing is some of the banks are starting to really lighten up on all the paperwork. Um, I think the rates have shown a little bit of a, of, a, of a dip, and I think that's giving people a little bit of confidence. But I wanted to just touch on um, two things that you said. Yes, there's a lot more money than inventory. I'm seeing people... Um, we're seeing such a divide now between the middle class. We're losing our middle class. We are losing our middle class. And that's why people are really being forced to just rent or stay at home and still live with parents in the basement, as they say. And then secondly, um, I am saying that people are, they're just giving up. They're leaving the industry. 
that's not a good idea because like like everyone always knows things change you know you're gonna have winter spring summer fall uh where i am it's, it's 13 degrees it's cold it was snowing all day yesterday um but today the sun came out and you know it's another day and you can still find those off market deals i deal a lot with real estate agents networking events and you're right, Joe. The overall mindset right now is investors. They're hungry and they're chomping at the bit. So thanks. Appreciate you allowing me to speak. Good morning and back to you, Joe. You know, it's funny, Teresa. Thank you. Um, what I'm seeing from the banks is they see their competition right in front of their eyes. Like when I meet a banker that works for like a local or regional bank, they know I'm looking for a quarter of what they're looking for in paperwork. A quarter. I'm getting more calls from individuals that w w just do not want to go through the hassle or they they've been hassled to get a loan through their local bank. And a friend of theirs say, hey, why don't you call Joe to put this loan together? And I turn around and issue a term sheet within a brief conversation and overview. And I'm closing that loan in three to four weeks. And I'm not, I'm not requesting for tax returns. I'm not asking for pay stubs. I'm not asking for... Um, 1099s, uh, W-2s. I'm looking really at the deal. I'm looking at the client. I'm seeing a lot of uh, private invest private money investors coming to me and say, hey, do you have deals where you could put my money to work and take me out in six to 12 months and make me 12 to 13% of my money? I'm seeing that really, that's been a tick up over the last, I'd say 60 to 90 days because a lot of them are concerned about taking their money out of the treasury because a lot of them dumped them into treasury uh, notes. I have one client that's now making 12% and two to three points with some of my investors. And he's very happy with it because it's secured in first position, income producing properties. He's in a safe spot. If he had to take the property back, it's low leverage, God forbid. Um, and I'm close, I'm helping him close about two or three transactions. But what that's doing for me is giving more liquid assets for my clients to go out and buy more properties. So they're taking from Peter to, to pay Paul, but they're ke they're keeping a low leverage in income-producing properties and taking that money and then buying four more properties with that money being leveraged on one. So they're not like taking that money and just paying bills. They're really leveraging the, the cash flow of what's going on uh, up there. So uh, hang on one second here. Sorry about that. Um, so interest rates can drive property prices in different ways. Right now in certain markets I'm seeing, they're just stagnant. You're seeing properties staying on the market a little longer. You know, what you really need to know is understanding cash flow analysis and conducting a true review of cash flow on the property, understanding property management, understanding vacancy rate, understanding deferred maintenance, understanding taxes. Now, if you're going to put renovations into a property and pull a permit, you need to know that you're going to, your, rate, your taxes are going to go up. And right now, a lot of people are not talking about it as much, but insurance is extremely problematic right now. Probably the, the worst it's ever been. In, in the state of Florida, it's, it's tripled or quadrupled in some markets. So, you know, you really need to know how to pencil down your de deal to understand. There's two things you have to understand when you're evaluating a deal. When you're buying it, obviously, to renovate, rent, refinance, and redo. That's any property, one to 1,000. But two... You need to understand the debt service coverage ratio, the income and expense ratio, and I will walk through that with you anytime you'd like. I send out those worksheets at any given time for people to better understand what they're doing. But the most important, 
But the next most important deal, the part of, of the process, is understanding cash on cash return. I know Joseph loves talking about that. What is my cash return on my investment? What am I making every month? Great, my debt service is 1.2, but if, if I'm only making $200 a month and I might have some money stuck in the deal, how long is it going to take me to get all my money back? I really don't want to have any money into the deal. So I want to really minimize that and make all cash. But that cash on cash return is just as important as the debt service coverage ratio. And leveraging the property one way or another is also very important. So the most evident impact of interest rates on real estate values is in the derivation of discount on, on cap rates or debt service coverage ratio as they are equal to the risk-free rate plus a premium, a risk premium. So you got to really understand your valuation fundamentals. Are values leveling? Are, are, does it make sense a two-family house that's listed for X dollars? Like I had a client call me yesterday, hey, I want to buy this property for $900,000. I ran debt service coverage ratio. I'm like, even if the taxes are correct and my insurance is correct, you're at 1.06 debt service on this property at 40% down. Are these numbers correct? He eventually came back and said, oh, the client's going to take not going to take a pass on the deal because the numbers don't really work. He's the, the, the borrower was looking for 25% down and the property only supported maybe like 55 to 60% loan to value. But somebody listed at the property as an investment opportunity. And I'm not trying to knock real estate agents. I am a licensed agent, but a lot of people, you know, they're, they're also adhering to the demands of their client. At, at the same time, they're having this very complicated time of attracting the right investor to buy that property from an investment perspective. Good morning, Diane. Welcome. Brief overview who you are, what you do, and thoughts to how are interest rates impacting the real estate investor? Hey, Joe. Good morning. I'm just listening in for a few minutes. I'm actually holding a seller seminar this morning at 930. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to have to listen in and while I dry my hair in a few minutes. But I'm Diane Needle. I have run the Needle Group with Real Broker here in Massachusetts, right outside of Boston. Um, a residential, we do residential real estate. We have a small team. Um, I had the privilege of being at a huge event here in Boston just yesterday, or whatever day it is today, Thursday. Um, Barry Habib, um, are you familiar with him, Joe? I heard the name. It doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, yeah. He um, he was one of the speakers, and he just gave a whole you know projection of mortgage rates. Um, it wasn't really on the investment side as much as it was on the residential side. Um, but you know he's not a big fan of the Feds, and that comes across loud and clear. Um, but um, he talked about you know the you know mortgage rate predictions for twenty twenty four and and how we're we're just in a good spot. Um, I. I can give you one just quick little um, tidbit. Yesterday, my banker called me. Joe, you know I bought an investment property a year or two ago and um, did a full gut renovation on it. I didn't. I financed that myself. I'm looking to pull some cash out right now and do a refi. And both bankers that I went to, local banks, um, I, when I purchased the property, I put 25% down um, and... Uh, as I said, I funded the renovation myself. I wanted to put some of that capital back into my pocket for various reasons. And the banker initially, they're like, oh, you, you know, you, I have such a low rate. I have had like 3.8 on that first mortgage. And so, of course, I don't want to get rid of it. And the bank, if I leave the bank that I'm with, the other bank is going to, um, you know, want to refinance all the debt. 
and put another first on it. And the my original banker, he was talking about doing the same thing. And then all of a sudden yesterday, he was talking about, oh, no problem. We're not going to let you give up that 3.8 rate. We're going to put a, we'll, we'll, let, let me see, give me your cash flow numbers, whatever. He's like, this looks like a done deal today, Diane. I'll have a term sheet for you on Monday. And it was just, it was interesting because I'm like, what changed his thought process from wanting to refi all my debt to wanting to just give me um, the money that I wanted um, in a second? So that's where I stand right now. And I'm really freaking happy about that because um, I did not want to give up that rate, but I'm in a position where I needed to pull out some cash. So I just thought I'd share that, Joe, if you have any insights on that. or Yeah, well, I, I will. I, I've never done a second position lien ever in my 24-year yeah. mortgage career whether I was in the regional banking industry or the asset based lending, I never want to be in second position because God forbid you go south on this, on the first position. So the, I, if you can get that unicorn, I'd go grab it. I, I think it's a unicorn or a leprechaun. Um, I, I don't think it exists, but if, if it does, I, it's going to be a low leverage of what they're going to, they're going to probably keep you under Whatever the new value comes in at from the appraisal, I don't like what. If you don't mind being personal, how much do you owe on the property, and what's the value right now? Do you think? You know, he asked me what the value is, and and being a residential, it's hard for me to say. I think the building's worth. I, I told him I think it's worth a million. Okay. Um, so I say nine nine fifty, but I I mean exactly. say nine fifty worst case, right? So nine fifty, yeah. and what 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 do you owe on the property? Three eighty. So three eighty. Um, and, and and say it does debt service up to like, I don't know. So now I'll just take 950. Hold on one second. Uh, so I'm going to save. What's that? What's that? You go so fast. I said, I need coffee before I can. I don't drink coffee, so you better keep up. So, um, so say best highest leverage I want to be at with that kind of property would be like 665. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to first look at the debt service coverage ratio. And most banks right now are looking at a 1.35 debt service coverage ratio, where local, like an asset-based lender only looks at 1.2. Um, they're probably going to keep you somewhere around 60% loan to value. But if that gets you out a couple hundred grand, you know, and that loosens up some money for you and whatever, it's, it's going to be definitely a variable uh, rate because they can't yeah. give you a fixed rate on that. I mean, listen, if you're going to put that money to work in other assets and that's going to make you another return, you know, when rates get back to some normalcy, maybe like next year or the following year, I, I don't see we're going to see five to six percent probably till the next 24 months till, till we know who's president. We're not going to really have a stabilized um, economics to interest rates right now. I don't personally think so. So I think. If you can get anywhere between six, say sixty percent, and the probably still cash flows correctly, you know, yeah. listen. If you could put that money to work, but you, but you're at the mercy of, of a variable, an adjustable. So I, does it balloon? Is it is the adjustable? How many years is it? So there's ceilings and things that you're gonna have to really read into that. You know, in the grand scheme of things, okay. If you really want to look at your property, say, hey, listen. If I pay seven percent, which is the average rate for the last forty years. And get six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars, right? Just hypothetically, and get all my money out with less paperwork. Is that more more convenient for me? And nine times out of ten, a lot of people want convenience. They don't, they want the easier road, less travel. You know, the easier road to travel, getting their money. Yeah. So yeah. rates only relative to how you leverage the property. 
and where you're moving that money to. So if the average rate for the last 40 years has been 7% and you can make 12 to 15% buying additional properties, the rate is moot, right? If you think about it, right? Yep, 100%. 100%. So you, you just you got to weigh that out. But good luck with your seller's class. Thank you very much. Yeah, they're they're really killing it. It's uh, I uh, I started these in November, and mm-hmm. they're uh, they've become another great lead source for us. Thank you. My pleasure. You know, as a real estate investor, surviving in the market with rising interest rates involves playing your cards right, pushing for quick turnovers on investments. I'm seeing more of my investors doing more renos from three for three to six months and stabilize, and then turn it into a loan. The longer the rehab, the longer you're exposed. Okay, the average renovation on any rehab in the country right now, nationwide, is seven months. So if you can cut that down to three to four months so you can play the rate out, and I think a good market coming into 24, I, I personally think this is a buyer's market in the spring. I think it's going to be investor's market right to Labor Day. And I think when if rates drop, following Labor Day to, to satisfy the media for the presidential election, because I think it's going to be a media play to force the Fed down, even though inflation's still not correct, gas prices are still not correct, going to the shopping store is still not correct. I think if rates come down just a tick, it'll bring some home ownership off the sideline in the fall winter market this year, more so than um, than the spring market. I think spring market's gonna be flat for owner-occupied. I think it's gonna be very active for investors. I'm putting somewhere between five and 10 bridge loans and and, and refis on average from different clients. I'm, I'm probably anywhere between 20 and 30 submissions a month right now closing. So very active. And I will be making an announcement on my LinkedIn and my Facebook and all my other social media buckets what uh, institu- what company I'll be working with and, and, and representing. I'm very excited about the opportunity. Um, it's going to be really fantastic for a lot of my clients from a new construction perspective, from debt service coverage ratio. We're definitely under the market on rates right now. Our bridge money is very cost effective. I'm very excited about the opportunity and, and just moving forward and you know hitting 2024 in such a great way and rolling out this great podcast with such great people. My first interview was with, a, I feel, is a friend of mine. We bust each other's chops a lot of it, but we have a lot of respect for one another in in the industry. And we sit down and talk about things all the time. Uh, Joseph Martella did the first interview with me at my offices in New Bolt Exchange in South Philadelphia. Joseph, good morning and welcome. Brief overview, who we are, what you do, and thoughts to how are interest rates impacting the real estate investor? Good morning, Joe. That was a fun interview, too. We had a lot of in-depth discussion. So, uh, you know, whoever watches it, it's going to be really knowing who you really are, right? Um, so thank you for the opportunity and and, and, and getting to, uh, to interview you. Uh, it was a lot of fun doing it. Uh, I'm a buy-and-hold investor. I, I, I have done several burrs. Uh, I invest in tax liens in the state of New Jersey. And, uh, and I also have done some private lending. Um, yeah, interest rates are the, the end all be all on, on everything, right? There's, there's a lot of things that go along with it, right? And, and one thing that goes with the interest rates is the product. And, and Joe, you could speak more to this than, than anything else, right? Um, if you're going to get an arm, right? You're, you're gambling. You know, you, you don't know what the future holds. You don't know if rates are going to go up. You don't know if they're going to go down. Um, and that's where a lot of these commercial buildings, which commercial loans, uh, they're going to their five-year resets, and they're going to get in trouble with the interest rates going up, and they're going to cash flow. 
I think there was a, it was either BlackRock or Blackstone that had a $400 million property in New York City that just sold for $100 million, about 75% off. So you're going to see commercial real estate uh, taking that hit with those flips. And I was just at a, at a landlord conference and uh, there were a lot of, there were a lot of multifamily people with, with huge commercial buildings there. And they were talking about their five-year resets that they were going to have to deal with and adjust to the interest rates. <laughs> so um, I, I would say your product definitely plays, plays a, plays a role here. Cash on cash return is, is really my factor. I have a loan with, with 8% interest. My cash on cash return uh, is, is good. My cash flow uh, stayed where I needed to be. Um, and, and uh, you know, my cash on cash return was acceptable. Uh, so, you know, those are the couple of things that come to mind uh, that you need to keep an eye on with, with the rates. I mean, they say that they're going to lower rates. I, I don't believe them, Joe. It's not that they're going to keep up, but I don't think that they're coming as soon uh, as they are. Every expert I I talk to, they said usually when the Fed lowers the rates, it's a little too late. Uh, they're always behind the eight ball, and, and it's usually because the economy is a disaster at that point. So I, I, I don't know who to believe or what to believe. I do nothing but watch this uh, all the time. So now they're saying from March, uh, the way they were supposed to lower rates, they're not going to do it to May. Uh, the beige book just recently came out. It wasn't the greatest beige book ever. Um, a lot of a lot of issues going on in other industries throughout the country. So if, if nobody knows what the beige book is, just Google it. The Fed publishes it, um, and it's from all the Feds around the country. I forget how many there are. Um, there's seven or eight of them, and and they all publish what's going on in their local regions uh, as they talk to industry and and as well as jobs. So that's uh, that's what I have to contribute, Joe. So, Joe, what would you 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 were surrounded by some very serious, engaged, you know, landlords in the market? Are any of them slowing down, or they're just trying to repivot and strategize how they're going to buy more properties? I mean, we're talking about clients that had anywhere from five to five hundred doors. So, what was the sentiment? What was the the mentality in the room surrounding yourself with such high talented investors? So. They, they weren't slowing down, but they weren't dying to get deals. So if a deal came their way, they were buying it. Um, there was one individual that has 150 units, and he markets a certain area around that he likes. And and uh, he he says, you know, everybody in the area knows, and he calls himself the, the real estate garbage disposal. Whether it was a single family, a multi-unit, you know, commercial property, he bought it, uh, if the numbers made sense. So... They're actively, they're looking, but they're not desperate for deals, if, if so to speak, if that makes sense. So to continue this, the discussion was about, wasn't about rate. It was about finding the right deal that works, correct? Right. So they weren't concerned about the rate. The only time rate came up was when they were talking about the reset that was coming up. On the commercial side, the office retail. Right. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with, I mean, that does have to do with the residential uh, single family through four family and five through 25 in environment space. And even if 25 and above when you get into the agency space. So they weren't even concerned about how they were buying right now in regards to the rate today, which is anywhere from 6.875 to 8%, depending on no prepay, five-year prepay, three-year prepay, 80% loan of value to 65% loan of value. They were more concerned just buying correctly, right? 
Correct. That was the conversation that came up. We never talked about rates or, you know, oh, the interest rates are too high. You can't buy. None of that conversation ever come up, came up. Because the savvier bar the borrower, the savvier investor understands if they buy correctly, the rate is irrelevant to long term because they know they're going to hold this property long term. And as long as the debt service is there and the cash flow is there, they're adding it to their portfolio and they're going to play out appreciation, depreciation and, and the rate market. Correct. Correct, and they're using uh, hedge. They're using asset-based lenders such as myself. They're not going to the local bank when they're at two hundred doors because that local bank is capped out. They don't have more money to give them. They're sealing down, and even if they do go to their local bank, they're giving them five-year arms or three-year arms. I mean, I wouldn't play that market at all. And and then if it's a balloon, where do you go once it balloons? Oh, come back to us, and we'll look at it again. That, that that bank not even, might not even be here based on current inflationary issues in three to five years. I mean, what's your thought to that as well? No, I mean, listen, I, I you know this market better than I do when it comes to the, when it comes to, to loans, and, and you're spot on, right? Um, you know, they, they they didn't really mention who they use for financing, right? Nobody ever wants to give up their guy. I don't I don't know why, but. It, it's kind of how it goes, and nobody was really asking who do you use the finance. It was it was people all over the country, yeah, uh, that were present. So nobody ever really dug. Oh, who do you use for 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 finance? I know one guy said he used the regional bank. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he has several different sources because one of the banks that he uses regularly is getting bought out by a larger commercial bank, yeah, and they're trying to get rid of him, yeah. So they they don't want his business, um. For whatever reason, he said they don't like real estate investors and, yeah. and 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 their type of loans, which makes no sense to me. But I, I didn't dive into it. But um, well, you know why? You know why, Joe? They're probably licking their wound. They're probably licking their wounds because they have office retail commercial that's got a low occupancy, and they and they got to figure out how to reset that building. You know what I mean? Right. They're probably have a, they're probably too heavy in the commercial space, and they, they just don't have an appetite to risk any more money right now in the investor space. They rather, I see more local regional banks looking for more deposits and looking strictly at residential stuff right now. They just can't they can't take on the burden of, of investor risk on their on their balance sheet. That's my thought. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm talking to a lot of people that you know. Listen, uh, leverage for a bank on new construction. Typically, is on the median is sixty percent on the purchase, say 55, 50 to sixty percent, and then they'll give maybe like seventy five to ninety percent on the uh, on the vertical on the construction. Where asset based lenders are going more seventy percent on the the purchase of the land, and going ninety to one hundred percent on the on the vertical vertical construction. So right off the bat, yeah, now the rate is about a tick higher. But to a to an investor that is building out a couple two families to hold on the back end, which one sounds more appealing to get the deal done? The, the higher leverage, less money out of pocket. So that's what where the banks are getting beat up. They they can't come up with the leverage. They can't come up with the uh, uh, the higher money amount to close the deal for these clients, and so they're losing client base. I mean, I'm thankful that I saw it coming when I was working at regional banking. I saw the leverage going down. And clients going elsewhere into the asset-based lending space. I mean, this is it's like it's like Candyland for investors right now. Is that they can get ninety percent on purchase on a rehab and a hundred percent on construction. Now, I know a lot of people will say there's a hundred percent out there for both, 
But I, it, to me, that smells very predatory. So you got to be very cautious when somebody says they can give you 100% of the purchase and 100% of construction, and then they yeah. uh, kind of like, you know, bamboozle you, and then suddenly you get your term sheet back, and now you're at 80 to 90% purchase and 100% construction. I said, well, what happened to the 100 and 100? Well, it doesn't really exist. You're always going to have to have skin in the game. So from an interest rate perspective, you need to have money into the deal, okay, up front. Now, on the back end from a refinance, you have to evaluate rates change based on cash out, cash neutral, leverage, debt service coverage ratio of the actual asset, prepayment. A lot. Of, I had a conversation with a client this morning, yesterday afternoon. He wanted to look at a five-year prepay. He wanted to look at a three-two-one prepay, and he wanted to look at a no prepay. And we were able to extend all three options. The rates were different by probably a quarter to a half a point, depending on which option it was. But I gave him all three options. His bank could not provide that. Good morning, Joe. Welcome. Thank you for your patience. Brief overview, who you are, what you do, and thoughts to the discussion this morning. How are interest rates impacting the real estate investor? Joe, going what? There you go. Joe, you got to speak up. Joe, Joe, you got to speak up. Sorry, I forgot I broke the headphones. Okay. Um, they're causing the market to be M&As. And for the personal individual family to not have access to the capital to uh, compete. I, I don't I don't deny that. I think you're you're spot on in regards to homeowners. I think they're trying to push homeowners into the eat, work and live environment and rental environment. But what how are you looking at interest rates as an investor and how is that impacting how your decision making is? Ah, well, as a founder of a company, what it's saying is the most affordable thing to ever do for taking on uh, money is to refinance your home. Even at these terrible rates, that's still more affordable than outside money. Okay, are you taking your money elsewhere to buy investment properties? I'm trying to get to that part. Are you in a real estate investor or are you just kind of an entrepreneur in business? One door. Okay. It's in a cheap college town okay. and uh, it's a cash cow. So you're just, you're just feed, you're not, you're not, you're not looking to buy more right now just with the opportunity? Uh, I'm looking to buy commercial now and the commercial is a, a different beast. Okay, is it going to be more medical uh, buying for office space, or are you looking just general office space? Uh, me personally, I would like a mixed use. Okay, with some residential or commercial blend. Right. Yeah, so you got to be careful with that, Joe. Just remember, most lenders like to see no more than a 30% blend to commercial to, to residential. If it gets closer to 50-50, they're gonna have. They're gonna really pencil hard on that commercial space. Who occupies it? How's their financial stability? What's the lease look like? Is it owner occupied? Is it non-owner occupied? Um, is it really fifty-fifty on the rentable square footage of the property? So there's gonna be a little more dynamics, and then also loan to values come down whether refinance or purchase. So I get a lot of uh, mixed-use inquiries, and they they're looking for the same leverage as if it's a one through four or five through 25 leverage sometimes comes down a little bit with the concern of commercial space now if it's a five plus unit to um 25 unit 
we could typically get away with looking at the global debt service of the of the project as long as it's not more than a couple uh, uh, st- uh, units to the the blend of the residential space where we can get up to seventy five percent loan to value. But it's going to be sometimes and in, in some in in some circumstances, if it's larger, they won't even pencil the commercial space into the debt service. If the debt service of the residential space doesn't work by itself without the commercial space. They might not fund that leverage. So they got you gotta be very careful with mixed use. It is a unique and good opportunity, but you gotta know how to buy. I'm seeing a lot of my my clients taking the owner financing from the client and then riding out the market a little bit, then to refinance it so they're not over leveraged into the deal. That's some of my thoughts, Joan. But thank you for coming up. My, my problem is they've always been willing to give me the loan. It's okay. just I couldn't afford the loan. Yep. That's that's that happens too. Well, I just want to do a brief announcement. Uh, we are happy to announce outside of just the Denver event that we have coming up in March, we have a great event in Philadelphia, the second annual Realty 4-in-1 Investor Summit at the Mummer Museum in South Philadelphia. We're going to have a Friday luncheon, Mastermind, Friday evening happy hour at Moonshine Philly. Saturday, we'll be at the Mummer Museum all day, 9 to 5, and then we're going to have a Mastermind dinner at back at the Moonshine Philly that evening. Very excited about the opportunity. It's April 13th and 14th. I think it's a fantastic opportunity. Uh, we we have discounted rooms at the Marriott down at the Navy Yard. So if you want to fly in, it's very convenient to the airport. If you're local, regional, it's a great place to hang out. South Philly is a lot of a lot of great stuff, a lot of good stuff to happen. You know, we're and we're keeping it very close. Moonshine Philly is just right down the block from um, the Mummery Museum, it's walking distance for that matter. So we're keeping everything very close by because we, we had about 175 people last year. We're looking at around two to 250 people this year. Really excited about the opportunity. We've got, we're bringing all new speakers, all new educational presentations, nothing being hard sold. Okay. It's all true education um, and being provided all day uh, on behalf of Linda Pelagas of Really 411. So uh, well, she'll be on tomorrow morning. She's, it's a little early for her on the West Coast, and she's got a webinar for Realty 411 this morning. Good morning, Justin, and welcome. Brief overview who you are, what you do, and thoughts to the discussion. How are interest rates impacting the real estate investor? Good morning, Joe. Good morning, everybody. Uh, man, hey, Joe, it's, it's, uh, it's time. We have a, another talk, man. I'm about ready to get back rolling, bro. Fix up some of this stuff. And uh, get back going, and, and you know the interest rates. I don't, I don't really have an option right now. I gotta get back on the good foot. But uh, I will say this, uh, Joe. I, I, uh, you know, I'm gonna echo some of the things that have been being said. Um, from what I see, and the people I talk to, the um, through the process of uh, walking a couple of investors in this time period through properties, um, and just looking at different sets of finance to myself. I uh, I think just like everyone else is saying, people are just doing a little bit better uh, penciling. They're making sure this is the deal they want. They, this is a deal that fits their strategy. Um, the, the savvy buying home investors are the ones that have a little bit more ex- experience. Uh, they're still looking. They're they're like the other gentleman was saying, uh, kind of doing a target market, you know, sticking to their criteria and being a little bit extra strict on that. Like, so if I had a criteria to stay in a certain area or a certain set of blocks and they have a, 
a house that looks like a wonderful opportunity. It's outside of those set of, of, of streets or blocks or what have you. Um, maybe four or five years ago, they would have taken a risk to, to say, "I was close enough." But I think now they're they they're, they're going to totally uh, ignore that and just you know limit their risk. But I don't think anybody's on the sidelines. I think well, I'm not going to say anybody. I don't think the majority of them are on the sidelines. I think the less experienced folks are kind of backing off because this is a, a risk-based type of business. So if you are, you know, that, that's the first thing for anybody gets talking about anything else with regards to real estate. You need to first be prepared in life to, to, to accept and take these risks that come along with it. And if you're not, if you need to reposition yourself, uh, and I think that's where a lot of people are, people, period, investors, and so on and so forth. So as they reposition, as the ones that are still striking and purchasing are uh, repositioning themselves and their portfolio, I'm one of those people. Um, I think it's, uh, you just, you, you, you read, you know, you're doing, a, you, you're reading things two or three times as opposed to just reading them one and a half times. So, and that's just kind of the way I'm viewing what's going on. So I want to cover some of the chat that's going on in the chat room because and guys, you're more than welcome to come up and 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 raise your hand to come up. Let me ask your questions here. Um, I think there's some questions about private lending. Thank you, Justin. And I hope you can come out to Philadelphia, man. I'd love to hang out with you here in the city of brotherly love. You know what I mean? There's some great places to hang out. So if you could make that, that'd be great. Um, we Justin and I got to hang out in Denver and got to meet. It was a lot of fun then. Uh, love to revisit that, uh, or maybe I'll come down down to Louisiana and then you, you, you treat me to some, uh, expose me to some hot barbecue. That that would be uh, just. Listen, I, bro, I, I might send you one of these famous king cakes from down here, but I got to get to the place at five in the morning and sit in line with the awesome. folks. But they open up, but hey, it's worth it. I'm going to get a couple king cakes oh. uh, this year for myself. So we're in the festive season, bro. It's definitely a good time to come down to the party, bro. Oh man, oh boy. I'll revisit my 20s. So, you know, some, some people were asking in the chat about direct private lending. So I've been in lending 24 years uh, in, you know, regional banking, uh, uh, pretty much, you know, east of the Mississippi. As a private lender and a direct private lender, we're balance sheet lenders. We open up broker portals for non-licensed individuals, That whether you're a real estate agent, a real estate investor, um, you want to be a broker, we can train you and and how to how to how to, how to stack a loan, how to properly uh, submit a loan. Um, I provide worksheets uh, to educate you. Uh, I, I'll take some time in putting a deal together to show you how to submit a deal for somebody to better understand to get to get terms. Also, you know the, the software is very friendly, so you you just have to put a few things in and then you can get quotes back. So if anybody's obviously interested in becoming a loan originator in the commercial lending space, I welcome you to, to give me a call or uh, email me and we can have this discussion and I could set you up for the portal, put you through some training. There's no cost. I don't charge anybody to be an educated uh, real estate professional. I'm here to provide insight and I feel like the moderators that come up, they're, they're here to provide insight and strategy. Yes, we all provide a service, but we're here to be very welcoming for you to enjoy the benefits of being a true real estate professional. 
And today's discussion, you know, how are interest rates impacting the real estate investor? You will better understand interest rates by being a direct private lender, you know, as a correspondent to a direct private lender. So like we're direct private lenders. It's our money. It's balance sheet. So say hypothetically, one of you sign up in a broker portal and you run your numbers for yourself. At least you'll see what the rates look like on a day-to-day basis. You really want to understand what rates look like on different circumstances, different asset types, different leverage points, different debt service coverage ratios. You want to understand debt service coverage ratio. Because I feel the pandemic office trends hold a crucial impact to our market on the single family through thousand unit residential space. I think institutions are going to come in here and really flood the market with rentals through resetting or repositioning a lot of these office buildings into rentals. I don't know how that's going to impact the rental landscape and the value landscape for the investor properties. I think grappling with a credit crunch from the banking side is is already present. Um, you know, to Teresa, what she was saying that banks are being less on the checklist. I think they just don't have money to put out right now. And they're being a little, uh, if whatever money they can put out, they're trying to be less burdening to their clients or they're going to lose their clients to asset-based lenders such as myself. And interest rate uncertainty is still a barrier to deal activity. You know, it's very hard to tell somebody, you know, date the rate and marry the house. That is the most bullshit line that I've ever heard in my career. You know, what if that rate that you're dating goes up and now you can't afford to live in the pro- the, the house that you married or mar- you marry, you marry, <laughs> yeah, date the rate, marry the house. I've never heard such a crazier theme to keep real estate agents, you know, with a glaring light at the end of the tunnel that things are going to get better. You know, things might not get better. Things might just stay the way the way it is and it's going to be extremely competitive. You know, as climate risk grows, so does the sense of urgency around sustainability. Higher rates impact housing affordability. So it's going to become a buyer's market over the next six to 12 months. This is a very big opportunity, a window of opportunity to buy properties where homeowners are staying on the sidelines. Despite promise, AI largely unknown to real estate leaders. So AI, how is that going to impact the landscape of buying? You know, how is that going to impact appraisal? title, real estate agency, and lending for that matter. A lot of fintech companies are coming into the investor space because they see an opportunity of modernizing the asset-based lending space. They're not they're not coming to the banking industry. They're coming to the asset-based lending industry because they see more volume and more opportunity. Good morning, Jim, and welcome. Brief overview of who you are, what you do, and thoughts to how are interest rates impacting the real estate investor. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Clubhouse. Good morning, ladies on the stage. Hey, I'm Jim. Field. I'm out in the Denver area up in Broomfield. I own two uh, companies that we put four, basically four meetups per month. It's Realty Investors Group, RIG, and Invest Success. Invest Success is a 12-month coaching program. And just like Joe, for our students, we have uh, all kinds of spreadsheets. But one of the most important spreadsheets we have is a deal or no deal calculator. And in that, there's a lot of different lines for a lot of different numbers. And we teach our students, you know, it's almost like think about doing it with ink once you put your numbers in that are, you know, good numbers. If you look in a corner, is it green as in this is a deal or is it red as don't walk but run away? If it's red, walk away. Don't change the numbers. If you start changing the numbers a lot to chase and make it a deal, you're out in shaky land in dangerous territory. Well, what about interest rate? deal? 
Hey, 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 Joe. Hey, Joe, you, you kind of raise your hand before you just jump in, okay? Thanks. Raise hand then. But you, I don't. I didn't hear your comments. I don't know. I can't comment to that. I, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't care for. Uh, interest rates is a big number in there. You know, the cost of your money, private or hard money, and there, you know, there's a whole big discussion going on private or um, brokers. But anyway, you got to know those numbers. And the funny thing is, is you know, in the back when everything was in wonderful la la land, and then rates started going up, a lot of seasoned investors started pulling out and sitting on the sidelines. I wish I would say put a one, five, or ten in the chat if you think it's low, medium, or high right now. The interest rates. A lot of people, oh my God, it's high. Well, no, it's not. Interest rates at one time used to be sixteen percent, and people were making deals. We were just at two and three. Guess what? That's not normal. That's a rare low. So right now we're back into like a forty-year average. We're at average interest rates. But regarding, and some people say, well, back when it was 16%, the cost of the house was less. That's true. So we're dealing with higher costs of the house and maybe a higher interest rate. But again, you go back to those spreadsheets, your, your deal or no deal calculator, the spreadsheets Joe will give you for free. Work the numbers out in there because there's a lot of other things you have to consider. You got to consider all right, the interest rate. You got to consider the cost of money. How long are you renting that money from Joe and you're going to have to pay him back? So you got to consider that in there. And then, of course, you know, rehab costs. Guess what? Rehab costs went up. When COVID, remember, toilet paper was through the roof. Lumber was through the roof. What was it? I don't even remember the ungodly price for a four by eight sheet of plywood. So you have to know all the numbers. Don't get locked in. Okay, the interest rate is this. I can go buy anything I want. Learn those numbers, learn your network, get that spreadsheet and work it. And Joe mentioned it earlier in best success, uh, rig, uh, Joe, the national, the national private direct money lender, Realty 411, and a whole list of other sponsors. We're putting together the Great Mile High Real Estate Investor Summit in Denver. It's going to be a multi-day event. We're going to kick it off Thursday night with a special party. It may evolve into a casino night with a full dinner. At least it's going to be a happy hour with some drinks. So check out our website. We uh, we did have a higher discount, but we're getting closer to the date. So our discounts are shrinking. But if you go right now, you can get uh, save $20 with the code buy now 25 save $25. If you're coming in from out of town, we highly uh, ask you to come join us at the Curtis Hotel. We've got a great rate of $179 for the Hilton Dime, was it the Hilton Doubletree. Downtown Denver, it's an awesome uh, hotel. Everything's going to be right there. Uh, we reduced the rate because we're getting closer, so there are our number of rooms available may be shrinking here shortly. But come join us in Denver. We met Joe out here in person. Uh, I guess it's what almost a couple, well over a year now. We brought him back out another time for a rig meeting. So we're looking forward to having Joe out here, have Linda. We've got speakers from all across the country come. Our one keynote on Saturday is going to be Mr. Dade Seymour from A&E's Flipping Bossom. He's an awesome guy. Met him in person. Great guy. So come join us in Denver. And uh, for your investing and interest rates, don't be sitting on the sideline. Just find the right deal to have the right numbers because our students have been buying and selling and making money all through this crazy roller coaster ride of the interest rates going up and down. The savvy investor can make money anytime. Just got 
and no good numbers. Back to you, Jim. Thanks, Jim. So we've really covered a lot of ground here on interest rates. Um, and again, I'm here to hopefully provide insight. And we can always sit down and look at what rates are going to feel out like when you're evaluating a property, when you're trying to buy something, whether it's fixed to rent, fixed to flip, on the front end from a bridge perspective. And what could it look like from a leverage perspective? What it could look like from a 30-year fixed perspective? What it can look like with a prepayment of 54321 or 321 or no prepayment? We can educate you on that. That's what we're here for. That's what the why this was created several years ago. And now we're live on Spotify and Apple under the Creative Bird Strategies Podcast. So please download the Creative Bird Strategies Podcast. My link to the, our, our domain and website, Creative Bird Strategies, is right up the top. I'd love you to join us. Uh, this is our third podcast. We've had over 100 downloads in the past week and a half since we've opened the podcast to the public. So I'm very excited about that. And, you know, how to navigate in 2024 real estate market. You know, an ever-evolving real estate investing landscape, 2024 is poised to be a year of both challenges and opportunities for investors. Despite economic headwinds like soaring mortgage rates, fluctuating housing prices, and low housing inventory, real estate investing continues to open doors for the first time in small-scale investors alike, enabling them to, to build generational wealth and play an active role in the revitalization of their local communities. Looking, looking to start planning out your future real estate portfolio, let's sit down and really understand what your capabilities are. Are you solvent enough to buy that property? Do you have the right reserves? Do you have the right credit? Are you evaluating the property correctly? Is it really a good deal? Okay. You know, you really need to understand, is fix and flip uh, or fix the rent continuing to defy the odds? Yes. Am I saying that maybe do a, a lighter rehab compared to a heavier rehab on a purchase? I'd probably agree if that's where you're starting out. Yeah, keep it under 45% of the purchase price, your repair cost, if you have not done a repair before, okay? Because you want to get it completed. You know, Burr sounds easy on HDTV and flip that house or renovate that house. In real life, it has a lot of moving parts. Slow and steady mortgage rates win the race. It pays to play the long game with single-family rentals through four-family. And it's all about location still and location, location, Okay near transportation, convenient to hospitals, convenient to workspace, convenient to universities. All of it is common sense approach. Now, is Section 8 doing much better than market rents in some urban city settings and some neighborhoods throughout the country? Yeah. The numbers that came in for HUD came in really good. Right now, half of Philadelphia, I can tell you for a fact, the Section 8 rental amounts are much better than the market rent amounts. And what would you rather guarantee yourself, 90% of the, of, the, of the rent or no rent? When somebody knows that they're a professional tenant and could end up staying in that unit for six to nine months before they get evicted. So you have to look at the common sense approach of whatever you're doing as a real estate investor. You need, you need to surround yourself with the right power team. You need to attend real estate networking events and investor group meetings in your local area. Now, if you want to be an out-of-state landlord, Start identifying real estate investor group meetings that you need to go to on a month-to-month -month basis, building out your power team, building out people that understand that local area, going to local community events as well. It's not just about investor group meetings. 
Go to the zoning meetings in that market. Go to community meetings in that market. See who the key figures are in that area. You know, when's the last time you've gone to a zoning meeting in your market that you're buying properties? How do you know who's winning and losing? It has nothing to do with interest rates, but it all has to do how to buy and see what is going on and how it's going to impact how you're buying. And the end result, you're going to need a mortgage down the road that's going to impact how you're going to hold that property long term. So if I put my phone number, my direct number in the chat. I've also put my email in the chat. You're more than welcome to email me or give me a call or a text. We can set up a call at any time, have a discussion, discuss strategy to provide insight. And that's what we're here for. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we're here every Saturday and Sunday morning, 8 a.m., to 9.30 and Sundays, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Jim and Tim have a, usually a follow-up room uh, on Saturdays and Sundays. And then Garrett Rhodes and Tim Doyle have a Sunday night event at around 8 o'clock. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to provide different types of discussion topics for you, for you to think about. Hopefully, you walk away with a nugget of, of content that you could apply to what you're doing. But if you want to run numbers and run debt service and run cash on cash return, Let's have those chats. Those are the most important tools. If you have a portfolio of five to 10 or 15 properties, I love that. Let me give you a data tape so you can actually pre-underwrite your deals to make sure you're cash flowing correctly where you're currently at with that property. I have a special spreadsheet that you could populate all your, your information on your property and you can see if you're profitable or not. I'll give you a great example. I underwrote a client uh, it's a couple of years now ago. He had about 25 properties. I underwrote him with this spreadsheet to realize that he was losing money on three of his properties and he didn't know. His property manager wasn't telling him. So, you know, again, you need to surround yourself with the righteous people that are going to bring an integrous environment to you in your real estate quest as a real estate investor. My quote this morning, I always like to end the room in a, a great way, is I thank God for making me strong every day. So I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. Thank you, everybody, on being coming on to the Creative Burst Strategies podcast as well and Clubhouse. I'll be ending the room in the next 30 seconds. Have a great Saturday.